0: Welcome into the GoVols 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Patrick Brown, the one and only Patrick Brown, I might add, here on a Thursday, April 6th edition of the GoVols 247 podcast. It's Masters Week, but it's also Tennessee Football Spring Practice Week as it continues. Uh, only a week and a half left of Tennessee. Spring football, the orange and white game, is rapidly approaching. It'll take place next Saturday in the middle of the afternoon. And Tennessee, earlier today, Patrick, wrapped up scrimmage number two of the spring. Uh, it just completed scrimmage number one on Saturday, but they were back at it again on Thursday morning. And I believe that had a lot to do with Easter being this weekend, trying to get everybody out and go go be with their, their families this weekend if if they can. Um, but my my main takeaway in talking to some people behind the scenes and and then also listening to Josh Heupel is is that Tennessee's young running backs they they may have something to say about the the pecking order in that running back room come the fall. Yeah, Ben. You know, spring football
1: is about <clears throat> development individually, collectively, um, and, and that running back room is a great example of it. And uh, you know, really, for the second straight scrimmage, Josh Heupel had good things to say uh, about Dylan Sampson. Deshaun Bishop, the freshman from Carnes, um, which is uh, down the road from from Tennessee's campus, and uh, he threw Cameron Seldon in there today uh, as well. Seldon's been in a, a red jersey; he's maybe not been full go for the entire spring, but uh, got some work today and uh, did some good things. So, um, you look at this—you look at this backfield—and um, it's maybe a, a microcosm of the rest of the team because Tennessee's got a lot of guys that are either banged up or they're being cautious with right now, and. Um, you know, on one hand you might want to lament who maybe isn't practicing or who you might not see play in the origin white game, but, um, you know, the, the program and the coaches aren't going to operate like that. They're going to see what else they've got. And so it's an opportunity for a guy like Dylan Sampson to get a bunch of first team reps and and show, um, that he deserves to make the tandem, uh, more of a trio. Um, you know, Jabari Smalls out for the spring. Jalen Wright is a little banged up. I think they're, you know, they don't need to go crazy with him. Um, so Samson's getting a lot of run that elevates the other guys. And and this is a, a position that needed to sort of rebuild its depth. Uh, and so they're getting a good look at at, at guys like Bishop and Selden to, to kind of do that. So those guys are getting better over the course of the spring. That position group as a whole is improving. Um and they're sort of sort of building depth there where you know it's a it's a position where guys can get hurt. Maybe uh in the middle of the season you need to throw in a guy like Deshaun Bishop or or a Cameron Selden for a stretch, of, a stretch of games or a game. So um, that's what this spring is about, and, and it sounds like those guys did some good things in the scrimmage on Thursday. Sampson had a long touchdown run, and uh sounds like Josh Heupel and, and others, as you mentioned, that we've talked to have have had good things to say about how the run game looked.
0: Yeah, and, and what I like to hear about Sampson is is that he made some guys miss. I, I I think that's the one thing Tennessee's running back room has has kind of missed the last couple of years. I mean Jabari Small, he he's got that nice juke move, the, the PlayStation, uh L one, R R one. He he's got that nice little cut in the open field, but uh making guys miss in the open field is not necessarily Jabari Small's game. And uh, you know, Tyon Evans, I know he's gone now for over a year at this point, but not not really a guy who made guys miss. Ty Chandler, not really a guy that made guys miss. But so some of these younger guys that this staff has brought in. And, and I don't know if Deshaun Bishop is going to be a guy that, that makes many people miss. He, he is, as someone told me today, he, he kind of he, – you kind of question him just sitting there looking at him, but then you hand him the football and next thing you know he's picked up six yards on a rush. He, he's just – He's sneaky productive. You don't really know how he's productive, but he just gets the job done. And, again, you, you kind of look up, and he turns a, a two- or a four-yard run into six or eight. Uh, so D- Deshaun, I, I think, is going to have a real nice chance to to play. And then we can get more into Deshaun here in a moment because that's a really, really cool story. It's early, two spring scrimmages. We'll, we'll see if he can truly make an impact on Saturdays in the fall at some point throughout his career. The early returns are obviously really good. But getting back to my main point, you look at Dylan Sampson, you look at Jalen Wright, uh Cam Seldon, he's still got a lot of learning to 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 do, just simply from kind of a, a football IQ standpoint, uh, based off of where he came from from high school. But those are guys that can make guys miss. And when Hypo said that Sampson made a couple of guys miss in, in today's scrimmage, and then on top of that, he had the, the long touchdown run. That, that kind of made my my eyebrows raise there a little bit and, and my ears perk up because that's something that this Tennessee running back room needs. You have to make guys miss in the open field when you have an opportunity.
1: Yeah, Ben, and and I, I think Jalen Wright has that ability. I think he – I was actually slow to respond to you there because I was trying to dig up where I found the numbers of his yards after contact and how many missed tackles he forced from from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Um, and, and I'll keep looking at those as I talk, but, uh, Dylan Sampson is a guy I really liked. And frankly, I, I kind of thought he should have played maybe more than he did last season. As we touched on before, you got, you, if they can't trust you to protect the quarterback, the running back, you're not going to play. That's just how coaches are wired. Uh, it's been that way ever since, you know, Jamal Lewis back in what 97, 96, whenever it was. Um, I was just, I was really young back then, so I don't remember as well as some of you might remember, but, um yeah, you, know, you you know, we saw Samson kind of break out in that Missouri game and um he sort of sparked that game ending the way it did where Tennessee just blew Missouri away because he hit some some big runs there and was able to get to the second level quickly, make some guys miss. He's obviously got some great speed. Uh, you know, his his track times in high school were, were ridiculous. Probably one of the fastest guys on the team. I think there was some talk that he and Squirrel might race at some point. And they might put it on YouTube. I hope they still do that, but He's a guy that I thought had a chance going into this offseason to show that, that he deserved more playing time, and that's something he talked about earlier in the week as well. So him getting a chance to, to show what he can do and, and breaking a long run like he did on Thursday, having another good scrimmage, uh, showing what he can do, uh, play without the football, which is something that a lot of running backs have to learn as they get to college. Uh, I, I think this has been a good spring for him, and, and he's taken advantage of uh, Jabari and Jalen not, not being full go or maybe in Wright's case, being a little bit more limited over the last week or so. So um I think of the guys that we're talking about, the three guys that Hypo mentioned, Samson, I think by far, got the best chance to to play a significant role with this group at full strength. Um And he's a guy that I thought going into the offseason, like I said, had a chance to show, hey, this needs to be a sort of a three-man backfield because if you've got a couple of dynamic guys – um, and Wright and Sampson, that, that changes this backfield, right? I mean, you touched on Jabari Small. I think he's better than maybe some give him credit for, um, but he doesn't. I don't, I don't think he has the upside or, or some of the home run ability or the explosiveness as, as Wright and Sampson do. So if you get those three guys coming um, and, and if you get those guys to, to a pretty comparable level where if you have a guy to sprain an ankle or Jabari Small's shoulder continues to give him problems even though he had it worked on this offseason, you don't miss anything by, by going to that third guy.
0: Yeah. And Samson is that third guy right now, right? Like what we're talking about Samson and Selden and and Bishop right now, because those are the three guys practicing. If, if, if it's week one or week, whatever, if it's game day, Jabari small is running back, starting running back a and Jalen Wright is starting running back B it's a matter of who who is going to be that third back, but I, I agree with you. I I think it is going to be Dylan Sampson definitely starting the season, and, and we'll see what happens from there. But I I love Sampson as as well. I really like Tennessee's running back room as a whole. I, we talked about this on the podcast that we did earlier in the week. It, it may not be a, a great running back room, but it is a it is a good running back room, and and that's okay, especially kind of with with how Tennessee's offense is and and you know that I think people forget even though they're going into year 3 like th- there are circumstances that this staff has had to recruit against and, and um the 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 total number of elite running backs have kind of been limited the last couple of years it it feels like the the amount of elite level high school running backs has has been low and like it's hard to get one of those guys, the the few that there are, to come to your school over in Alabama or a Georgia, like Branson Robinson last year, who had a, a great relationship uh, with Jerry Mack, Tennessee's running backs coach, but he chose Georgia. And, and how can like can you blame a kid right now for for choosing a running back? I should say not just a kid, but uh, a running back choosing to go to Georgia over. Uh, a Tennessee that's not as proven <clears throat> and, and their offense does have this stereotype that it's all pass, 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 which is not true whatsoever. Right. Um, but that, that, that's why you see Tennessee having a good running back room, not a great running back room, but on the flip side, I I could certainly see a situation if, if they're able to retain these guys from year to year uh, and, you know, Dylan Sampson, uh, Cam Seldon, Jalen Wright, once there, upperclassmen like all of them, seniors and juniors, I, I really, really think that, that that type of room, and maybe a Deshaun Bishop gets in there as well, that type of room has the the chance to be a, a great running back room and, and one of the better ones in the country.
1: Yeah, and um you know running backs just it, it's sort of a unique position in football these days anyway. I mean, you look at the NFL, that's obviously shifted to a passing league. You got a guy like Bijan Robinson who's probably like a top five overall player. Um and, and you know, people are debating is he even gonna be a first round pick. Um it, it's a little bit different college, like you said, but um I, I think Jerry Mag for for you know, whatever you want to say about the recruiting at the running back position, I think he's done a good job of, of developing guys and getting guys better. And Jalen Wright's a guy that looked markedly different, markedly different from his sophomore year to his freshman year. Um, just the way he bulked up and you saw that play out last season. I found the numbers. His his yards after contact went from two twenty seven to five forty eight. Um and he averaged more than a yard after contact per carry last season. These are these are pro football focus numbers. Um, and he, he more than doubled the number of missed tackles he forced. So, you, you wanted to see, you know, if you saw that kind of improvement from Wright, what were you going to see from Samson? Um, getting back to him, uh, I think the, the the area that he said he needed to improve the most was um pass protection, and it feels he, he feels like he's done that. He's also gotten a little bit bigger, I think, and that's going to help him be able to break some of those arm tackles that uh, you might get as you as you dart through a hole in the offensive line or as you try to get past the linebacker at the second level. Um and, and you know, they, they've rounded out that that group well. You know, they've um, you know, Leneath Whitehead left. Um uh Justin Williams Thomas was the other guy that win the transfer portal this off season. And they had to sort of rebuild that that depth and, and depth was a position or depth that running back was a you know, a concern going into last season. It was so much a concern that they they brought in Linjay J. Dixon, who was a head case. He lasted not even three weeks uh in the program before he was in and then out. Um and so they had to bring in, you know, a few of these guys. And, and Bishop and Selden, I think, are showing that they're sort of bolstering that depth in that room where you feel like you might have four or five options. And that's a position group where you can never have too many guys because it's so easy to get banged up, shoulder stinger, turns ankle. You know, all these sorts of things can crop up during the course of the season. And, and Tennessee was, I think, fortunate. Obviously, Jabari got knocked out of a couple games with his shoulder issue last season. But other than that, I think they were – um, they did okay in terms of injuries and running back, but you just never know. So you can never have too much of those guys. So I think uh, some of the positive things that, that Tennessee's gotten from Deshaun Bishop and, and from Cam Selden um, both this spring and, and in the scrimmage on Thursday I think are, are, are good things, encouraging signs if you're looking out towards the fall.
0: Yeah, and, and no disrespect to Justin Williams-Thomas or Leneath Whitehead, but I think at the end of the day when we look back on – the trade, so to speak, in terms of who was brought in and, and who departed, I, I, I think Tennessee came out for the better. because they got, got Khalifa more. Keith coming in, too, in the summer. So
1: that's another guy that's going to add yes. something in that room and something a little bit different because he's a big guy.
0: Yes, and, and you need you need diversity and uh, versatility. You need short yardage backs, and, and that's been as big of a – like depth has been a, a big question mark. I, I think just as big of a question mark has been the the lack of short yardage. That's
1: why they had the Prince fan be that guy last season.
0: Right. And I I'll be curious to see how that plays out this year. I, I think when you have somebody as ginormous as Joe Milton, just put him under center and sneak it. Uh that that can be your short yardage back. But you you can't do that on fourth and two or third and two or even third and three, fourth and three. I mean, technically you can. But the, the obviously the further you get back, the the least likely the the QB sneak is, is going to be successful.
1: I thought I thought Jabari Small improved as a short yardage guy. Sometimes yes. I thought maybe that was an overlooked part of his game because sometimes in those situations you just have to you just have to kind of go for it, you have to kind of stick your head down, keep your feet moving, and, and push the pile over the line and gain. Um, I thought he 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 did a better job of that last season. I don't have any numbers to back this up, but so you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like he was just a lot more effective. It just, you know, you kind of just have to hit it quick and, and get there. Um And, and I think that was, as you give me the, a face that no one can see, cause this is a podcast, but um I, I thought he improved there, but you know, that, you know, can Keith be that guy? I don't know. Uh, that's a lot for a freshman, but like you said, you do have a six, five, 240 pound quarterback or you can just uh, run him, run him with power, but um, you know, Sel- Selden's an interesting guy because some people want to like put him at run at wide receiver. And I think Tennessee is like, they may have like used that pitch to get him, but I think, I, I think they kind of view him as a running back. And, and yes. if you look at him, he looks like a running back. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I-, I think that's maybe a position that mentally, uh, he can handle to get on the field quicker and, and a guy like him who's, uh, obviously got some explosiveness and some speed. Um, get him on the field. The fastest would be at running back. And, uh, he, he's still figuring things out. You know, some of the, the, uh, the game is a lot more complicated now for him than it was. Not only is he playing uh, a different position than he's used to, but he's just in a, in a more complex system. Um, a lot of times it for, for his, for his high school team, it was like a 1A team in Virginia. It was like, just get cam the ball. I mean, here, you got to like go in motion and you, you know, you got to read where your pressures are coming from. So, um, he, he's obviously going to be a guy that, that unlike Deshaun Bishop, who, you know, put up just ridiculous numbers at Carnes, it wasn't the highest classification, but it wasn't the lowest either. Um, you know, he's used to playing running back. I don't know how much pass blocking he had to do, but, um, he, he their, their adjustments are going to be very different. Um, but Seldon is a guy that, that, you know, if, if they can get the game to where it's it, it, he can get his natural ability to come out he's got it could be a weapon as a freshman but you know we'll we'll see but it, it was good to hear something some good things about him on Thursday like I said he's been in a red jersey um you know we've heard some good things about some some of these freshmen and, and he's maybe a guy that was highly rated that maybe hasn't made as much noise so uh, I think that's a positive to take from the scrimmage as well
0: yeah Tennessee's running back room got more athletic you, you lost some guys. But you, you added depth, you, you do have more bodies there, and you got more athletic, which I think is uh, a huge deal in Josh Heupel's system. And in t- today's world of not just college football, but but football in, in general, athleticism is so, so important. And, and also, like, you did check the box of adding a short yardage back. You know, Khalifa Keith is is going to be a freshman, and and we'll see if he can have any type of impact. Um, but at least down the road, if if your eval proves to be correct and, and your development pans out, like you've got a short yardage back as well. And and even even though everybody's already kind of pigeonholing Khalifa Keith into that short yardage bruiser, he's really athletic for his size and and, and he can move for his size as, as well. So I, I really like where Tennessee's running back room is at. I thought the other thing from the scrimmage and there's always two ways to, to look at things, right? Because you're going up against one another, uh, the the orange team versus the white team, the the, the first offense versus the first team defense. The, the offensive line did not have the best of days uh, in the scrimmage on Saturday. And and part of that was because injuries and they had some guys out. Cooper Mays wasn't playing. They're, they're still playing musical chairs, trying to figure out their best lineup. Um, and, and the defensive line, it is ahead of the offensive line. Defensive front is ahead of the offensive front right now and and should be because they have more experienced players for the most part and probably more talent as well. But what helped the running backs today, Patrick, was that the offensive line seemed to take a step forward. And is that because the defensive front had a bad day? I don't know. Is it because the offensive front just took a nice step forward? That could certainly be the case, but regardless because there are so many moving pieces along that unit right now it was good to hear them take a step in the right direction
1: yeah i i agree ben and and you know when when we first started talking to josh heifel he, he brought up the running backs right off the bat and i said well this the running backs having a good day would of seem to indicate that the offensive line uh was better than it was on saturday and he he said it was um now i i think uh, I think defensive football sometimes gets uh worked into if you stink at pass defense, your secondary sucks. And if you stink at run defense, your defensive line just gets whipped all the time, which is not necessarily the case. And I don't know that that was the case today because a couple of things that, that Josh Heifel mentioned about defense was that they didn't tackle as well. And so maybe a, an eight-yard run by Dylan Sampson becomes a, a longer run because they didn't tackle as well as they did on Saturday. And and maybe some guys got out of gaps, and you know if you know your defensive line can have, you know, knock guys into the, into the backfield a, a yard or two, but there's still a lane there, and your linebackers in the wrong, in the wrong seam, your running backs one on one, you know, he get, he gets out there and it's one on one with safety. So uh, I I think the balls are are young at linebacker right now. Aaron Beasley is is being held out. Um, I think he's got a hamstring deal, uh, that he's been dealing with over the past week. He's done some stuff in practice. So it's not, it's not a big deal at all. Uh, we haven't seen Keenan, Keenan Peely, uh, practicing very much this week either. So I don't know that he went today. So you take those two guys out of there. Pat Garland's not practicing either as he comes off his injury from last season. So that position groups all sophomores and freshmen. So it would not be at all a surprise if they had a couple of young guys out there. They make a mistake, get in the wrong gap. And and there you have a a guy off and running guy misses a tackle in the secondary and it's, it's a touchdown. So um, that, that's, that, that was sort of where my takeaway was. And and like I said, it it wouldn't be a surprise Tennessee really likes this young group of linebackers. Josh Heupel said as much on Thursday. Um, They're really athletic and and they've got, I think the right mental makeup that they want. Um, But for when you throw young guys out there, there's going to be some, some inconsistency and some mistakes. And I think that that cropped up a little bit, um, in the scrimmage based on on what Josh Heupel said ap- afterwards so um but yeah there is a lot of offensive uh, on the offensive line there is a lot of moving pieces uh, I don't think Cooper Mays scrimmage on Thursday uh, I did have somebody tell me this week that they thought he could come back for the final week so um uh, and, and maybe they maybe he could have gone on, on Thursday as well if he if, if they really really needed him to but um it's it's like it's been at a lot of those positions where there's guys banked up it's a chance for other guys to get in there and show what they can do and and the two guys getting the most—I uh, don't want to say benefit because you don't want to look at it that way—but the guys that are getting the biggest opportunity without Cooper is, is Addison Nichols, uh, the redshirt freshman. this guy a lot of fans have been interested about because he was a top two, four, seven guy. Um, you know, offensive line recruiting is another position where you know they missed on some guys in this last class, some big name guys. Uh, so Nichols is 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 one of the couple of guys that was a four star that, um, that that a lot of people are interested to in see how his how his development goes. Uh, and then we can have a whole podcast about offensive line recruiting because it's, it's the toughest one to project. And, and any, any, a lot of coaches will tell you that. Um, but uh, Vison Lang is another guy. We talked about him earlier in the week, um, Played left tackle in high school. Now he's, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk to him like he did with Addison last spring, but you know, has he ever even played there before? So this would be all new and foreign to him. And, and that
0: one, that one was a little bit of a surprise. For yeah, me. Not, I, I uh, thought. He, yeah, he was. A, he kind of projected as an interior guy, but well, not only that, but I, I thought he was not only position wise, but and it's spring, guys are out. We'll see if he actually pushes for playing time in the fall but I viewed him more as a developmental guy so so I I wasn't expecting to hear his name this this spring quite frankly in in any capacity (laughs) right
1: and so I mean yeah that that's that's how spring goes but that's what you got to do when you got to replace Jerome Carvin on on two fronts like uh, Glenn Ellaby talked about last week that he was your starting guard but he was also a luxury that you could just kick him over to center at a moment's notice if you really needed to and um coaches will also tell you you can never have enough centers <laughs> I mean so um you know they're getting the chance to work those two guys Parker Ball is a walk-on that's been on the program for a while he's sort of been the second team guy um but I've always wondered if, if you know without Carvin would he be the guy a- and you know the way that they're working some of these young guys in would make me think that that they would go a different direction if if something happened to Cooper we had to miss the rest of the game or miss a couple series or uh or longer so um, but I, I do think it was good to see the offensive line have a bit of a bounce back today. Um, I don't think the offense was perfect by stretch, by any stretch. I don't think they dominated the scrimmage, but uh, certainly there was some initial gnashing of teeth about how the offensive line looked on Saturday, and uh, for them to come out and, and have the running backs get a lot of praise, obviously they they and, and the tight ends too uh, would have had a lot to do with that.
0: Yeah, and the the quarterback seemed to to be fine today. Didn't really. Flash. It seemed like
1: they missed some chances based on what Heupel said. Maybe some drops over the middle. Yeah. Uh, again, you wonder who was who was out there running these routes because uh, I mean, Romel Keaton got banged up in the scrimmage. On Saturday. And he was
0: having a really good spring,
1: right? He's a guy that keeps flying under the radar that nobody really talks about. That's going to be a productive player for this team. score White was uh, limited earlier in the week. I think he was in a red jersey on on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if he went. I asked Josh Heifel how much Dante Thurton got, got work. He's had, he's been dealing with the hamstring deal and Heifel said that they didn't get a whole lot of, uh, much of a look at him on Thursday. And so you're wondering well, who's your slot guy. And, and then if you take, you know, if you take, you know, Brew McCoy's out, you take Keaton out, you've got two red shirt freshmen and a, and a freshman at your outside spot. So it's a really, really young group. And, and, you know, it, it, based on, what uh, we've heard from Heupel and heard from others, it doesn't sound like those guys have maybe capitalized on their opportunities like uh, some of these running backs have.
0: Right. Yeah, I, overall, a productive day, productive week of uh, spring football for Tennessee. That that was what stood out to me uh, from today's scrimmage, talking to people and, and listening to Heupel, is that the the running back room, the, the youngsters in there, seem to be having a, a good spring. And uh, we'll we'll see how much they can make an impact. This fall still have a couple of other things we want to touch on before we get out of here, but before we do that, we do need to catch a break. So we'll be back here in just a moment on the Go Balls 247 podcast. Welcome back into the Go Vols 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee. He is Patrick Brown. We need to talk Tennessee defensive backs because a whole bunch of them and Willie Martinez talked to the media on Wednesday and we want to get Pat's thoughts on what he had to hear from those guys but first would like to encourage you if you don't mind to take a moment out of your day to go like rate and review the pod that would greatly help us and we would also greatly appreciate it pat you heard me willie martinez in his beautiful voice spoke to the media yeah yeah yeah
1: like a fine wine it's gotten better with age from when he was here under
0: butch no, I, I, I need, I need, I need a Willie Martinez like voice in, in my sleep machine, sound machine by my bedside that helps put me to bed at night, helps helps get me uh, to sleep. But it, it's a big off season for the defensive back room. You have a bunch of new faces. A couple of those guys talked. Uh, in addition to Willie Martinez, most notably, uh, Gabe Judy Lally, the transfer from Vanderbilt. What what were your impressions of or what stood out in terms of what Willie Martinez had to say about his group to this point? And, and then you had a, a nice story up on the site at dot 247com about uh, the Vanderbilt transfer as well, or as Jason Swain would want me to say, the Vanderbilt transfer. Well, he actually
1: came from BYU, not to that's not right. to Oscar, The Office, uh, right. anybody, or Ryan Callahan, anyone. <laughs> uh, but he did he did spend about six oh, months in Provo. Right.
0: Fake news uh, Ben.
1: <laughs> he did spend about six months in Provo. Um, but uh when I look at this defensive backfield, uh if in real estate it's about location, location, location. For Tennessee secondary this spring, it's competition, competition, competition. Uh, we heard Willie Martinez say it, we heard Dinico Slaughter and a couple other guys say it. I think Tamir McDonald was one of them, uh who cut off all his dreads, by the way. That's probably the biggest news of the offseason was Tamarian McDonald. Has, has, he ditched the dreads. They're gone. He's, he hardly even – we hardly even recognize him.
0: Well, um, I have bad news for Tennessee fans. That means Tamarian McDonald's not going to have a good season. <laughs> have you ever seen an athlete that has dreads and wasn't good? Well, I asked him right
1: off the bat at when he got to the podium what happened, but then I didn't ask the obvious follow-up question, which would have been what was the last time you cut your hair? Um, it's probably when it's been a good of an answer as Marquess Calloway, who like went from like into the NFL and I haven't gotten a haircut since like fifth grade or something like that. Um, uh, but it was, we, we've diverted off course here, but, um, yeah, that's what McDonald and Slaughter and some of the other guys said, Willie Martinez too, is that they don't really view it as, uh, who's ones, twos and threes right now. Uh, and we saw that a little bit early, you know, we, we got a, we got a glimpse of, of a couple team periods early, early in spring um and you know with the with the ones and twos and threes on offense they they don't really change a whole lot they might rotate some the receiver some but the defense they're like doing line changes after a certain number of plays they want to make sure that everybody gets a certain number of reps uh in these in these situations but um, i mean at one point they had all pretty much all the freshman dbs out there with the one defense and um, you know, Ricky Gibson's a guy that we that I've heard of, has gotten first team reps. I think Jordan Matthews has been up there too. But they're just they're rotating these guys in, and, and as the Slaughter said, you get your you get your place, a, a chance to make a, a, an impact, and you got to go out there and, and take advantage of it. So um, a lot of moving pieces. It's not a fully healthy group either, particularly at cornerback. Um, you know, Brandon Turnage is a guy that that played well at times last season. He's out. He's got to stay healthy. That's been his biggest issue over the past couple of seasons. Um, uh, Deshaun Rucker's a guy that started a couple games last season, he's been out as well. Christian Charles is back at safety now, where I think he has a chance to maybe be that third guy. Um, uh, you know, maybe him and, and Andre Turrentine are getting looks there as, as maybe the two backups, um, that, that maybe get some run with the first team as well. So, um, they're just trying to figure things out. There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle there. Uh, going back to, to Judy Lally, I would be surprised if he's not a day one starter, uh, he just seems very smooth, very poised. You, 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 he carries himself like an experienced guy. He's very, uh, the way, I think the way I described it in the story you mentioned, he's just all business. He's like, I came here to help. You know, we need help here, and I came here to help us. And maybe I can be the difference in, in, in getting over the hump to that national championship. So, uh, if you're trying to look optimistically um, with the secondary, I think he's a guy that you point to. I think Denico Slaughter, who played well at cornerback at the end of last season, him getting a full off season there. Um, is a chance to, uh, uh, to you know, to improve that position as well. So uh, just a lot of competition, a lot of moving parts. Um, it's hard to say where it's going to end up. Uh, we haven't even really talked about the freshmen that much. They're, you know, they're really athletic. I think Matthews and Gibson in particular. Christian Connery looks the part. I think he needs a little bit of time in the weight room, but um, and he's a guy that's maybe been banged up this week. But uh, I was asked on the checkerboard on, on our site, who my prediction would be for the starting five. And I want to get your, your take on this too. Um, I, I think I went with Judy Lally and Stoddard at cornerback, McDonald uh, at the star spot and the safeties, Wesley Walker and Jalen McCullough. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's leaving a guy like Warren Braille out. He's played a lot of football for Tennessee. That's, you know, that's, you know, Kamal Haddon at one point last season was Tennessee's best cornerback. Um, and if he could ever, you know, keep it kind of all channeled in one direction, he could be a good player. So um, I wanted to get your take. Who would your starting five be at this point?
0: Probably the same. Uh, Warren Burrell was the first one that popped into mind in terms of guys that you do not list uh, as a starter, just because he has played uh, a ton of football. And I know he, he frustrates fans at times, but the coaches trust him and, that that typically leads to you being on the football field. And I'd be curious to see if Christian Charles can make a push at safety. I I think he's much better at safety than he is corner. Um, And I would agree that that move just did not work out last year and and he's back at safety. So I I could see Christian Charles pushing for playing time. Um, And and I honestly, to take it a step further, I could see, I, I fully expect McCullough to be starter game one, but if he continues to struggle or play like he has for much of his career, I, I can see Christian Charles stepping in there at, at some point.
1: Well, that that's a question, too, is, you know, they rotate a lot on the defensive line. You know, Brian Jean-Marie has shown he'll rotate three to four guys at linebacker. Secondary is a position where maybe they haven't rotated as much. I mean, their first year, Trayvon Flowers and Dale McCullough barely ever came off the field. Um, and, and, you know, when they they just went through so many injuries at cornerback, it was hard to tell. But I feel like they could, you know, if they could play three to four guys there, they would. Um, just cause th- this defense is on the field so much that, uh, if you could have a guy play 50 snaps as opposed to 80, that can make a big difference, not only in that game potentially, but over the course of the season as well. So, you know, does a guy like Jordan Thomas come on at, at Star and, and can he be a guy that can spell Jermaine McDonald for two or three series a game? Um, you mentioned Charles, you know, says Andre Turntine make a move. He's the guy that, that came in from Ohio State as a transfer. Uh, was a former four star guy that didn't make a whole lot of noise last season you know can, you know what what is the you know with, with all of this competition once you figure it out you you have to figure it out first then you have to determine if you if you're going to play these guys so um there there's a lot to figure out with that group with with Martinez with the corners and, and Tim Banks with the safeties and uh, i think they're just they're just throwing everybody out there for a similar number of reps and seeing who can do what and and seeing uh what playmakers there are but um just based on the spring i i would i would say a corner i would judy lally i think is a guy that that can be really solid and and a guy that you can depend on to be a warren burrell who's not going to make mistakes and keep things in front of him um and he had seven pass breakups last season if he's got some playmaking playmaking ability slaughter saw in the clemson game had had a couple of pass breakups saw what he did in kentucky he was making plays that the other cornerbacks hadn't made all season so uh, that's That would be my starting point with the cornerback position. I think the other three are pretty locked in because McDonald's back. He should be better in his second year as a starter. McCullough's played a lot of football, and, and Wesley Walker is a guy who played a lot last season, but as I think he showed in the last two games, probably should have been playing more Um, and, and a guy that can play safety and uh, and do a lot of things that they need back there.
0: All of those questions and thoughts that you just brought up just highlights the importance of this last week Of spring football, orange and white game next Saturday, April fifteenth, and obviously a long ways to go and 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 before the opener in Nashville against Virginia, Um, but the these reps these this last week of spring ball uh, will certainly help anybody uh, if if going to step up and take a job.
1: And it's kind of weird because it's Thursday as we're doing this, and they don't practice again I think till Tuesday, so they get a nice little break here. Some players will go home for Easter. Uh, some players will stay in town, spend some time with the staff um, as they sort of have a holiday. But then you know, they got they've got three or four, you know, two or three practices next week. Um, and and, and Highpool likes to break down the spring into the thirds, right? Five practice segments, so to speak. Um, so they're going to be, you know, they're going to come out on Tuesday, and the staff is, I'm sure, is going to be uh, they're going to be locked in and intense, and, and they're going to want the team to. to Respond and 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 Heupel said that the team's pretty, been pretty consistent and sort of how it comes out and approaches things. And uh, certainly the, the staff will be hoping that a little break and a little holiday and a little time away from football won't uh distract them too
0: much from that course. And we'll have coverage for for all of it over at go 247com led by Patrick. Patrick, appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks, Ben. Have a good weekend. I will. Happy Easter weekend. A lot going on on campus, some some big time visitors. Visiting with Tennessee football, Ryan Callahan has you covered on that front. We're we're continuing to pursue the the basketball transfer portal. There's always news regarding that. A couple of seniors still trying to make their decision on on their career front, and then a big baseball weekend that gets going tonight. Number eleven Tennessee versus number three Florida at Lindsey Nelson Stadium, weather permitting. It looks all good for tonight, but game two and game three on Friday and Saturday looks a bit iffy because of the weather. But regardless, we'll have coverage of everything going on with Tennessee Athletics at GoVols247.com. Again, he's Patrick Brown. I'm Ben McKee, and we hope you all enjoy your Easter weekend.